This is Sports Best, presented by Reposted on the Believe Podcast Network, where we believe in the best of sports, and that's why each and every week our interns cut out the worst, and we only bring you the best. I'm Andrew Keller, and he is Larry Olson. How are you doing, Larry? I'm outstanding because I get to talk about the Sports Best with you, Andrew. Ooh, I am excited. I've been looking forward to this all day. Okay, well, that's very good. Um, as we do on Fridays, we like to start with our KBO update. I know you're always very excited to know how the Korean baseball organization is going. You yeah. probably forget about it for a little bit, but I'm going to bring it to you every Friday. I had to put a filter on my search so KBO did not pop up because I want it to come from you and I want my reactions to be authentic. Very good. All right. As you know, the NC Dinos have been on a tear. They are still atop the KBO at 38 and 17. Okay. Okay, NC Dinos, your LG Twins, the Milwaukee Brewers of the KBO, just beating out my yes. New York Yankees of the KBO, the Kia Tigers. Your LG Twins have a record of 30 and 26. My Tigers have a 28 and 25 record. Can finish strong, and I'm going to get that man rub. I'm excited. Yes, you're going to get them. You know who the worst team in the KBO is? That is the Hanawa Tigers. They sit at 14 and 42. Hanawa is that massive tech company, right? I believe that is the massive tech company. The uh, Hanwell Tigers used to be called the Dynamat Bats at one point. Oh. Here's my uh, question to you of the day for the KBO. How many games do you think the KBO is playing this season? 50. Well, Andrew, just real quick. They're 20, so they're 28 26. That means they've already played like 53. So that, that's an incorrect answer. Well, this is the playoffs. They, they went deep into I don't know. How many are they playing? They're going to play 144 games. Wow. Yeah, they're going to play well in October. Is that a normal season for them? That is, I, they're basically playing their normal season. So more than twice what MLB is talking about doing. More than twice. Speaking of which, Andrew, thank you for mentioning that. Who's going to play baseball and who's not going to play baseball? They're playing 60 games, but they're having this, you know, funky time of transitioning to, like, playing in a pandemic era mm -hmm. and testing. And some big-name players have already said, like David Price of the Dodgers said – I'm going to forego the 13 million bucks I could make this year playing 60 games, and I'm not going to play. A couple of other minor, minor players have said they're not going to play either. The big name out there right now is Buster Posey. I live in San Francisco. He's missed three practices so far. They've only had like five. Mm -hmm. And they're wondering, is he not going to play the baseball season? I think those are the interesting headlines, but I kind of did a little bit of research into this. I found sciencedaily.com. They did a study of MLB, and it, it revealed that one in five position players will have only a single-year career. And the average MLB player makes $4.4 million annually. So I get these big-name guys that have already hit their payday. Like, your health might not be worth risking. But I don't know. If someone was willing to pay you $4.4 million to play baseball, would you do it? I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I think that's the more interesting thing to look at. Buster Posey playing or not, I'm not – for the sport it matters, but, like, for the reasons, it's, he's not driven by finance. Statistically speaking, people 18 to 34, even 18 to 54, don't have to worry about the coronavirus. Like, if right. you get – maybe you have asthma or whatever, it might affect you. The reason you don't want to get it if you're 18 to 54 is because you don't want to give it to your parents or someone who might have a problem with it. Right. Some of these guys have kids and wives and they're like, I don't want to give it to them. It's not, it's not worth it. But he, here's the thing though. I love your statistic. The average baseball player only plays one year. 
you probably, if you get the coronavirus, if you're a baseball player, it's not going to affect you and you're not going to die. And you're sort of quarantining anyways. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't make sense if you're a baseball player to be like, I'm not going to play. It, it might not. Well, also, it's like you, you have your one shot potentially at, at the majors. I mean, not everyone's uh, A-Rod that's having these long careers or Jeter. The other- Cal Ripken. Would Cal Ripken play? Do you think I Cal think- Ripken would play? Cal Ripken would literally cross the Atlantic in a canoe to play baseball. God, the Iron Man. I love Cal Ripken as a kid. Here's the, here's the one angle we're kind of missing, though, mm-hmm. is if you don't like, let's David Price of the Dodgers, right? They rely on that guy. I mean, they're gonna, yeah. there's going to be a World Series. Some team is going to win a championship. And if you sit out, you're part of a team, you're, you're kind of hurting your team. I, I want to go back to this point that Cal Ripken would literally cross a Panamanian jungle play he would to play Uh, baseball he probably would but some other people won and we i don't know we can't we can't be sure i've said this before but i think at the end of the day whenever people go back to work sports or anything when you go back for the first time the first people to do it it's going to be said it's too soon so at some point someone has to be the first person back and and maybe they're wrong and maybe they're right i guess time. And, and i always say it's like going to the funeral and everybody's saying nice things about the guy. And you're like, you make a joke about how much of a jerk he was. And you're like, too soon? Too soon. Too soon? Too soon? Yeah. I know how much you like pranking people on our social media. Your birthday is, in fact, not August 2nd as it's oh, advertised, right? Dang it. People, dang. Right? Well, you know, I mean, I sometimes like to move my birthday like on consecutive days on the social media. Right. So I've been burned before by a trick. And MLB is telling me that starting April 1st, 2021, they're going to start 162-game season. I'm not going to believe it because that's April Fool's Day, and I'm not going to get burned. You know, it's funny because I saw this too, and I was like, there is no way that – why – is it like – does baseball, baseball just not understand that eight, that's April Fool's Day? I, they must not, but I am not going to buy a ticket to opening day. I will not be there. But we don't even – they don't even know if fans are going to be allowed <clears throat> next season. But they're Wait taking they haven't played a game this season, yet they've already released a baseball schedule for next season. That's right. They got it lined up, and they're telling everyone to show up. <clears throat> Notable games are the 20th anniversary of uh, September 11th. The Yankees are playing the Mets on September 11th in New York. Uh, 91st All-Star game is going to be happening in Atlanta on July 13th. Wait a minute. So are they expecting me to know what I'm going to be doing on April 1st? In tw- I can't. I can't tell you what I'm doing this weekend in the world we live in. How am I supposed to plan that far ahead? I don't know. I don't know what the benefit of doing this is. I think it's maybe just say. I think it's maybe trying to calm people down and be like, "All right, we're gonna be normal again. The 60 game season might be a rat's nest of chaos, but we're gonna iron it out by next year." Maybe they're hedging their bets. Maybe they're like, "Well, maybe this. Maybe this season's not even gonna happen." Would you support an asterisk by whoever wins if there is a World Series championship this year? Well, I mean, I don't think they need an asterisk because just whoever is the champion in 2020, everybody will just automatically know. Like, that was an aberration year, right? I I mean, maybe. 20 years from now, I don't know. Is your youngest son going to remember that the Dodgers lost in the World Series in 2020? Um. um, that's not funny, by the way. I was focused on your question, and I saw you sneak the Dodgers in there. Here's my point to that. The Dodgers usually lose when yeah. it's the normal season, so it's this tricky, weird 60-game season, so I think that's why the Dodgers win. They're going to win through a loophole. 
Like and by the way, theoretically, nobody would be cheating this year in the World Series like the two previous teams, the Astros, Red Sox, who beat the Dodgers because they were cheating. So that's why the Dodgers are going to win. Thank you. Sorry, I digress. Okay. Go Cody Bellinger, Fernando Valenzuela. Thank you. Going on down the list of pandemic casualties here, uh-huh. Stanford is going to cut 11 varsity sports from their roster at the wow. end of the 2021 season. Okay. Stanford, Stanford they, they're the fourth largest endowment in the country with $27.7 billion. Wait, wait a minute. So this is what I don't understand. I love that you brought that up. In their endowment, they have $27 billion. Mm-hmm. And now they're cutting sports. Mm-hmm. What else are they using? The tw- By the way, they're not even having to dip into the endowment. I'm sure they just use the interest from the endowment every year. So they're basically keeping the 20. Why are they cutting sports if they have a $27 billion endowment when they could just use the, I don't understand. Help me understand that. We have to answer the question, is the purpose of these sports to generate revenue? Is it a business or is it part of the experience for going to school there? Because if it's a business decision, I get it. But if it's not, if it's, if they're, if they're outwardly saying to the world, you can come to Stanford, we're, we're good at these sports. Like I've never seen women's fencing live, but another stat that I looked up, the undergraduate cost for Stanford for next year, 20 to 2021 is estimated for tuition to be $55,796. And with a total of 7,000 people matriculating, that's just less than $400 million from tuition alone. Okay. I will push back and say, they have a sliding scale. Like, not everybody pays full boat. Like, they truly take it on how much you could pay. Okay. Let's call it $300 million. <laughs> I'll take $90 million out of it. Let's call it $300 million. I don't know. I, I don't understand why this is happening because I think being a collegiate athlete is an amazing experience. And people, like, made specific decisions to go to Palo Alto to do these things and get their Stanford education. Okay. I want to answer your question. Is sports at Stanford a business decision or a lifestyle decision? Let me read to you the 11 sports that they're cutting and then answer that question. Is it a business decision or a lifestyle decision? Here's what they're cutting. They're cutting men's and women's fencing, field hockey, rowing, sailing, squash, synchronized swimming, volleyball, and wrestling. Are those business or lifestyles for schools? I think the majority of them, you would say, are more lifestyle. But synchronized swimming, men's volleyball, wrestling, those are all Olympic sports. On the surface, it doesn't make sense. What are you, what are you holding on to the fourth biggest endowment in the country for? If you that, can't offer earmark? squash. If you can't offer squash, why do you have $27 billion? Also, when the pandemic hit in March, they said everyone out of here, uh, the tuition that you've paid, we're keeping no refunds like it's just going online and i think you're just paying for the name brand diploma at some point you know maybe i'm just upset that i didn't get into stanford well no is that what definitely, it is? Is that's what's happening right now I, i'm not de- i'm not upset because there is no way in hell i was getting i wasn't even on the but <laughs> here's my question about the, the the stanford or like whenever you talk to somebody you're like oh that person's rich but they're they're not they don't they're not big tippers and then someone always says well well that's why they're rich because they don't give their money away is that like what was going on here at Stanford? Like they're rich, got a big endowment because they don't like they make these decisions to cut squash. Like hopefully they get some backlash and, and people will be able to these will be reinstated because I think it's important if you 
I think it's an important life skill to be able to be a collegiate athlete and being in at Stanford is at the highest level. Okay. But here, here's, here's my last point about this. I, I love that I'm hammering on squash, but like, I'm sure I gotta believe there's some big time Stanford squash player that like traded some something and it's yeah. worth gazillions of dollars. Why doesn't he just go like, Hey, Illuminati, I'm going to kick down whatever it costs. And I, I got the squash team for the next five years. Like how much can a squash team cost? The NFL is planning on still having sports. So even though Stanford hates fun and <laughs> hates competition, the NFL is, is so committed to playing their, their season that they're telling they're, they're laying out nuanced rules. Like this isn't officially announced, but a lot of NFL insiders are reporting that NFL teams will be forbidden from post-game interactions within six feet of each other and jersey exchanges between players are going to be prohibited this year, which the obvious thing to me, Richard Sherman, the famous 49er, what would you call him, a famous 49er or famous Seahawk who's ending his career at the 49ers? I would call him a Sahaka Niner. <laughs> I like That's what that. I would call him. So he tweeted out, it's a perfect example of the NFL thinking in a nutshell. You're going to let people engage in a full contact game and it's unsafe to exchange a jersey after. It seems ceremonial to, to say this by, from the NFL. Okay, you know, say what you want about football, football players, whatever. But I got to believe there's an intelligent person who works for the NFL, right? There's like, there's got to be a Harvard guy or a Stanford guy who works in the NFL office. Yeah. They're not dummies. I'd like to stop this story right now <laughs> and officially kick myself for not making the Richard Sherman connection from Stanford to this. Okay. You know what? I'm going to let that slide. You went over the top on us and a couple of other things. <laughs> the interns <laughs> laid out the lineup for the show. Richard Sherman went to Stanford. I was in charge of introing the story. Hey, blew it. No, I, we're going to, you know what? We're going to have grace for you, Andrew. Even though you go there, you you humble brag a lot, but we're gonna just we're gonna have grace for you. Thank you. I don't. What, what, do you think it's silly that they're doing this? No, listen, you? listen, listen. Here's my thing. There's an intelligent. There's at least one intelligent person that works uh -huh. for the NFL, uh -huh. who has some thought and is not an idiot to know that yes, for two hours, these football players are gonna beat their brains out against each other, rubbing up against each other, sweating each other, tickling each other, whatever they do. Mm -hmm. And then to not let them change jerseys at the end is asinine. As, we, as we're talking about this, one potential reason popped in my head that if players are interacting and hugging, the media is going to end up getting closer to them. And it's going to be a domino effect. That's the only reason I can think. I agree that it's crazy. But, like, maybe it's just they don't want to promote non-players from getting in there. Do you know who Mina Kimes is? She works for the NFL. The she great did. Mina Kimes. The great Mina Kimes. She had. I, we're kind of related, but go on. That's another show. She had an amazing analogy, in my opinion. And she said, this is like when teachers would enforce the no grinding in high school dances. Like the what? kids weren't going to go to parties. After. You know what? Give Thank you for, for. Give it up for cousin Mina. And by the way, if you had grinding on your sports best bingo. You can, there just, it is. you can now check that score. <laughs> you can mark that score. <laughs> All right. I dropped the ball on the Richard Sherman connection, but I want to intro my favorite segment called If We Have Time. The lineup <laughs> every time says If We Have Time. We're a podcast. We can go as long as we want. We have time, Larry. I feel like you have a, you've got a time in your head that we can go. That's not completely true. 
I have cut it off once before, but thank you. Thank I, you. I think we need to let the listeners know that this segment is called if we have time Washington, as we record this today, Friday, July 10th is reporting that their football team will drop the name Redskins. Uh, officially, they're going to do that. Uh, they haven't determined the name yet, but they will not use any native imagery in its new name and look, but they might use in their secondary logos, which I don't know what that means specifically, but it seems like a bit of a cop-out. What do you think? So here's what I understand about the name change. We all, we, I, I think the gen, not the general, all right, people that are woke understand that Redskins is not a, that's not appropriate. I think everyone's been aware that the native community has not liked it. I, I remember watching the, the Dallas Cowboys in the 90s and that being an issue. It's been in the discussion for decades. It's just to the forefront now and the amount of social pressure. I think the front office is responding to that, not doing okay. the right thing. I, once again, I understand this. All right. Okay. But, so you're going to change the name from the Redskins to the Warriors. Yeah, I feel like they're getting a semantics. They're trying to find a loophole. It's not really that different. Yeah, I, like I, you, I think you could probably the Native American Indigenous people would argue that the Warriors is not appropriate. I think that's true. So why don't we go to the pterodactyls or the 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 mustangs or the two-eyed fish? Like, why do we go? Like, what is this guy? Not once again. Maybe Daniel Snyder's not smart. I, maybe he's not. But there's probably one smart person around him who's saying, hey, dude, don't do this. I bet she has more than one person saying, hey, dude, don't do this. But as a billionaire who can do whatever they want, I think it's more of you can't tell me what to do. That's me projecting onto him why this is happening. If I own the team, I would, I would change it. Would, would you? Of course, I would have oh, – yeah. no, Andrew, I would have kept it a racial slur forever. You know what I want to do? I want this segment to go on until you literally force me to stop talking because I know – you just said it's unlimited because it's a podcast, but I know at some point you're going to be like, no, we got to stop now. Well, I think this is a, is a good place to stop for this week. <laughs> next week, we'll see if you get invited to co-host this show again. <laughs> if you're not here next week – I'm going to be here. Oh, you son of a – Uncle Kirk, don't take my job, Uncle Kirk. This has been Sports Best on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by Reposted. You can go to repostedpodcast.com and find all of them. I'm Andrew Keller for Larry Olson, and thanks for stopping by. Bye.